Welcome to Diacast, some assembly required. Here at Diacast, our group of six scallywags play different RPGs, bringing you a new game and system every few weeks. This week we are continuing our game of Yar, and we rejoin the crew of the Golden Lars City in their search for the lost treasure of Mad Captain Murdoch. My name's Lukey, and the question this week is, what position would you have on a pirate ship? I think I would be the quartermaster because um, I'm good at organising things and I like telling people what to do but I don't want to be completely in charge of the pirate ship and I would like knowing what's going on. Hi, I'm Matt and uh, I'm not going to take Shantyman because I feel feel Jacob will take Shantyman, which is fair. Uh, Were you going to take Shantyman? I mean, I was going to... I I think this is going to be a very British moment where we try to... (laughs) No, I'll shanty you, you each other. Shanty Both of them arrive at the mini roundabout right. of being shanty men. You're going to have time. two shanty men. All right, it's not an right, exclusive far, position. I'll, one I'll of very the shanty man. I am the. Sh- I think I would be a shanty man. Yeah. Sorry. I think I would be a shanty man because I like to sing sea shanties and uh, I like to drink rum and. And stuff. I think that would be that would be my role on the ship. Yay! <laughs> Hi, I'm Jacob, and it's kind of a toss-up between being Shantyman second mate because I'm not mean enough to be a first mate, <laughs> or navigator because while I have a terrible Ooh. sense of direction, I'm quite good with maps. I don't yeah, believe yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> Which <I'm>... bit? <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I can say from experience. Jacob is good at reading maps so long as he knows where he is on exactly. them. Exactly. It's, it's the moment <laughs> right. between... I'm really good at maps. It's the moment between map and street in front of me. That's where it always goes horribly, horribly wrong. <laughs> oh, well, that's fine, because the sea doesn't have any streets. So. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> where the streets have, have no name, because there aren't any of them. <laughs> oh, I suppose. Hi, I'm H, and I don't really know much about roles on a ship, but I'd probably be the ship's cook, because I do actually quite like cooking. So that's a really yeah. lame answer, but I was gonna go something surreal like Peter usually doesn't say like I'd be the mast or something, but like I just I just I just don't have the emotional energy <laughs> to be the mast. I swear to God, Peter. I just, if, if anyone's going to be the mast, it's Peter because he's the only one tall enough. Oh uh, yeah, I was gonna say like, but I hold, hold right. everything up. No, it's just not true. I'm, I'm the ship's cook. I know how to chop an onion real fast. Be, There's nothing wrong with the ship's cook. You could be the wind in the yeah. sails. I feel like you'd be like a wind singer or something bizarre. A what is like that? You listen to the, the wind. That children's book that we all probably read. In lieu of in, in lieu of an actual yeah. navigator. Oh, I see. I just kind of anywhere the, the wind blows. I lick my nose and I'm like a little bit to the left, and they're like, "We don't say that at yes. sea," and I'm like, "You can't throw me off. You'll be cursed." Hello. My name is Peter, and my completely original idea that I came up with myself is I'm the Mars. <laughs> no! You're welcome. No, you're not. <laughs> I, I would be the Mars of the ship because I am tall and thin, and if men want to stand on me, that's their prerogative. <laughs> and... <sighs> And also, if you want more wind in your sails, then you just feed me a lot of fibre. <laughs> Good grief. What were you going to say before H suggested mast? I, I, honestly, I didn't really... I, I was going to say something really weird. I don't know. I, the, the guy who just eats pickles. But, yeah, that actually I don't know. would be you. Does he do anything? Yeah, I don't know. But, he you know. eats pickles. He just eats pickles. <laughs> He's, I, I'd be the ship's buffoon. You know, the, the Every lucky... ship needs you one. You like our mascot? Yeah, oh, I'd have a big mascot, mascot. costume and walk around. 
Mascot. <laughs> oh yes, I'd be the mascot. Oh sweet oh my Christmas. God. Oh, I can imagine you having like a little cubby inside the mast where you just sit. <laughs> I live inside here. I'd go the I'd only exit it by the bottom, but I'd go into it into the top like Mario. Slide <laughs> <laughs> down the top. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. <laughs> Hi, I'm Helen, and if I was on a pirate ship, I would want to be one of the people up in the crow's nest. I can see that for you. <laughs> just just <laughs> yawn at me. Not at you. Not at you. I just yawn a lot as a person. I, I, I have bad news for you, Helen. You would be on top of my shoulders. I would see so much. <laughs> and you would hold yep, me up I so well. I misunderstood Master and Commander and decided to just be the mask. <laughs> <laughs> be the master and commander. Which one? I would watch that spoof. Master and commander. Because <laughs> there's normally on on little ships, you know, there, there can be up to three yeah. masts. So you could be up one of them that isn't a man. Probably <laughs> 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 suit. Yeah, I was gonna say sold. There we go. Sold. Um, and now that we crewed our ship, let's get to it. So Tom has fallen out of the barrel. Mr. Peg, what are you doing here? <laughs> but but I, I came along to protect you, of course. These waters are rife with pirates. <laughs> uh, yes, Mr. Peg, I, ah, I am aware. Right, now. I, I am one. I will, I will hastily stow my looting beard. <laughs> um, uh, Captain, we have a stowaway, sir. All right. Walk the plank. Sorry, <coughs> I mean, yes, Captain. <laughs> I, I, I'm sure he can make himself useful. I, I have a feeling. I have a feeling that we might have to have a general manager's meeting about the chain of command at some point. But at the moment, apologies. I've corrected it already. Thank you. Can't happen again, sir. Thank you. Put something <laughs> on my out tray and by Monday, and I'll work out both when that day is and what an out tray is. So, Tom Tom Peg is going to throw himself down uh, before you, uh, Captain Clams. He's going to. He draws a sword which is made of wood. <laughs> and... <laughs> Uh, Captain Clams, I know you to be a noble and God-fearing, honest seaman. Huh? I promise to serve you. I ask in the only payment that you allow me to stay with Mistress Mabel and to protect her from any dangers she may encounter. Well, the staying with Mistress Mabel you have to take up with her, but the working for free I can absolutely do. <laughs> <laughs> Sound financial decision. Right. Do we have a chef's, like, chef's cook? Chef's cook? A chef's cook? Chef's cook. <laughs> No, I don't believe we do. I will teach him. Okay, we'll, um, we'll give about so... three weeks for basic training <laughs> with boy. <laughs> uh, he's going to enthusiastically salute and be like, Very well, the ship's cook I shall be. Come along, Mr. Peg. Thank you, thank you, boy. You... You are a noble sailor and a true friend. And he's going to follow you and he's going to look back at Mabel and he's just going to like, he's just going to like, just do that thing that a lot of like damsels do in 1950s movies <laughs> where he looks at you and just kind of goes, ah. Persephone, I've got the horrible feeling we've just taken on a protagonist. <laughs> oh. oh, he does rather stink of that, doesn't he? Do you think he's illiterate as well? Mm. 
Also, close <laughs> line, go back to my cabin and load my rifle to Chekhov. I think I might need it later. <laughs> <laughs> please, please add to your inventory rifle to Chekhov. <laughs> anyway, um, let's chart a course away from these surreal waters. Um, so, whilst Tom is being taken off by Boy down to the galley to be shown the ropes, um, so, so to speak... Um, Molly is going to turn to you, Captain Clams, and she's going to be like, if the time is right, we should set a course for the island. I have the coordinates here. And she holds up a, like, a, a collection of papers, basically. It's like a little um, wooden box which has a load of old notes and papers in it. I will I'll, I'll look through them with my old sea dog eyes and, and see where they go. Uh, so she's got quite a few letters. These are cl- It's like... There's a couple of long pieces of parchment in there which have like notation on them. You can look at them if you want, but that's clearly instructions for when you get to the island. Um, but on top of it all is like a map that's basically a, this the section of the Caribbean what you're in, um, and it just it, it kind of pencils in the island. It's very easy to understand, and it tells you to chart a course south southwest. South southwest. Right. I'll get out <coughs> my other tr- my my trusty compass. And spin it to make sure it works, and hold it up to the it light. Works. Oh, thank gosh! <laughs> hold, hold it, otherwise, we are completely beggared. Um, <laughs> I have my complimentary golden larceny branded one right here. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> it's good that we started doing merchandise. <laughs> we plot a course south southwest. All right, you plot a course south southwest, and so yeah, you set off. Uh, you sail through the night and on into the next day. And business about the Golden Larceny is, as you might expect, uh, Molly uh, spends most of her time with, like, near or about you, Captain Clams. You get the impression she's kind of sticking to you because she doesn't really trust anyone else on the ship. Like, so Lollygag, Lollygag um, goes to bed. Uh, he, he spends the entire time of the first day with Molly. Uh, and he, anyone who asks, he's like, she's my best friend. I like, we've known each other all of two days. She's my best friend. And then he goes to bed that night uh, after a couple of tots of rum. He, he pootles off to his hammock quite cheerfully. Uh, and then the next morning, in in good order, you um, you reach the first landmark on the map, which tells you that you're about halfway to the mystical Splinterbone Island. So a couple of miles off to your starboard side is a shoal. So there's loads of jagged rocks. I didn't actually come up with a name for it, so we're going to call it... Um, Dead Man's Fingers. Dead Man's Fingers. Your pa- That's brilliant. Your pass- know, right? So off uh, a couple of miles to your starboard side is Dead Man's Fingers. And so at this point, you can have a bit of a wander around the ship, if you like. How annoying is to- Tom being? <laughs> Uh, well, that's down to Boy, really. So, so I think Boy is, is sticking very close to uh, Tom. Uh, I'd like you to roll to see how well you educate him in actually cooking. Because he is on breakfast duty. Uh, that was a six, so they are making some beautiful seaweed-based dishes. Would you believe it? He rolled a six as well. Hey. Oh, they are vibing. So, yeah, so what's happened here is that... Uh, and Tom's going to admit this to you. He's going to be like, oh, boy, you know, I've, I've worked my entire life at my mother's tavern, but truly, I've only ever wanted to be a chef. And and in you, boy, I feel I found a suitable mentor. Don't put yourself down. You have a spark. <laughs> yes. Oh, buddy. <laughs> oh, boy. 
Oh boy. Oh boy. I, I'm not afraid to tell you, boy. When I see Mabel, my heart, it sings. I feel like there's a song on my every breath. She's an English rose. Likes the French. Uh, his pancake splats on the floor. <laughs> Just all of them. Just all the French. <laughs> She's uh, got a thing for all of the French. All of the, all even French. if you smell even a little bit of Toulouse, oh, I'm covering him like a cheap suit. He he he, he drops the pancake and then he he smells the soup and he says, "Do you know what, boy? I think there's too much garlic in this soup. We shall have to get rid of it." <laughs> boy is occasionally getting a little bit melancholy. Aww. Oh, boy, I do not wish to pry, but. What troubles you? My heart. Oh boy! No. Are you are you in love with someone as well who seems distant and unavailable? <laughs> yes. I think I am. Oh, oh boy. boy! He's going to reach out and give you a, a lovely platonic hug. <laughs> <laughs> Just an exceptionally platonic <laughs> Exceptionally platonic <laughs> boy, boy leans into it and just sighs. Aww. Aww. Uh, but meanwhile, up on deck, it's a bright sunny day. Uh, who's on deck? Captain Clams, Captain I'm Clams sure. is up on deck. And Mabel, you up on deck as well? Or are you of in your course. quarters? I've, I've been thinking, um, depending on how much Tom has been like mooning over her she might have gone up t- and taken a shift in the crow's nest just to get as far away from him as possible <laughs> she's uh she's sat up there she's very happy she's got the sun she's got a little notebook where she's writing madame didier doko repeatedly <laughs> <laughs> madame mabel doko <laughs> and then yep. looking furtively around to make sure no one saw it um yeah like a crew member at one point during your shift mabel a crew member arrives in the rig and he's like tea for you madam it goes back down again uh, <laughs> just imagine a butler scaling the rigging <laughs> there's a proper china teapot and teacup and she yeah like, it like no one's ever lady. worked out how bates ended up on the ship but he just kind of continues to operate as a butler yep. um, i would also like to be on deck i think just brandishing a cutlass wildly and yeah, are you like walking up and down, making sure everyone's scrubbing the deck and all that? Persephone? Yeah, but mostly just practice sword fighting with myself. But it's mostly just yeah. dramatic flourishes rather than anything useful. Showing off as, the crew. as we previously established, yep. you've got that like little gang of five or six like crew members who all kind of treat you a bit as their captain, like the Persephone gang. Yeah. They're all like gathered around you, be like, yeah, one, yeah, running through. Like, they're yes. all like cheering you on. Yeah, <laughs> you got like a dummy set up. Yeah, oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, a cabbage yeah. for a head, and I just dramatically yeah. behead it every now and then, and someone has to go glue it back on. They all, they all cheer. Um, yep. <laughs> anyway, um, but uh, are you at the helm, um, Captain Clams? I am at the are helm, steering the ship. I have a spyglass in one hand and the ship in the other, and I am sort of <laughs> juggling the two. It's <laughs> huge. <laughs> I am looking out um, over the seas to look for threats. Like angry Frenchmen on boats. Uh, Molly, <laughs> Molly is going to walk up to you, Captain Clam. She's kind of been hanging out up on the on the forecastle, uh, at the back of the boat for the uh, for the entire of the morning. She's still got a little wooden box. She walks up to you. He says, "You should know, Captain Clams, that when we reach the island, there will be dangers we will have to face, and then we will face we will, we will face them head on with very little planning." <laughs> At the, at the word dangers we will have to face, Mabel just suddenly swings down from the rigging and lands elegantly in front of them. Did you say dangers, Miss Rogers? <laughs> oh shit, I think we got two protagonists. 
<laughs> Surrounded by protagonists. <laughs> Uh, I have here, uh, I don't know what we'll face, but I have here, uh, left by my grandmother, riddles that should help us <gasps> find our way through. Riddles! Puzzling. Perhaps we should spend some time on the journey deciphering these riddles. May, may I be of service? I, I was much of a, a riddler and a... a, a, a poet. <laughs> <laughs> she glares uh, at Persephone. Much a of a riddler oh. back in my, uh, my debutante days. My grandmother sent these to me when I was a little girl. I didn't know what they meant at the time. But oh, uh, but now I understand that they are riddles that we can use to, to find our way through. Uh, so this is the first the one. Um, I believe this is, it says that this is the riddle that we must use to reach the island. For there are dangers outside of the island. And then she, she kind of holds it up and she reads... Uh, <clears throat> uh, Fear ye not, me hearties. He's not vicious as he seems. Seabirds do pass by him, and whales have him beat. Take note, me boys, a cannon helps. Be flat and stay so sharp. Take note, me boys, to jangle keys and visit all the bars. Well, I do know that whales eat squids sometimes, so it could be a giant squid. Alternately, mm. it is some sort of large bat that fears <laughs> the sound of keys and... Liquor stores. Yes. Okay, I will admit the visiting all the bars has. Oh, hang on! No, you get musical bars. Right, we need to make. All right, they could be. They could be sand bars, oh. sir. I say from my hiding oh. place. Perhaps we need to sit. We need to sing it a lullaby. Whatever it is, we might need to sing it a lullaby. Prison bars. Don't forget those. Yes, there are plenty of types of bars. I'm, oh dear. Are the, are the wonders of the English lexicon, I say, as I open the box open the box with a um, clothesline in you it. Know- and just, you can get out of there now. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, bring out your best shantying lungs and, li- and loudest pans. And general loud things, for I think we need to use sound to scare away this beastie. Fear not to be hearties, he's not vicious as he seems. Seabirds do pass by him and whales have him beat. Take note, my boys, a cannon helps. Be flat and stay so sharp. Go forward, lads. Take note, my boys, to jangle keys and yes. visit all the bars. Do yes. I yeah, musical, absolutely music. Right. We're going to yes. have to sing a scale, you, 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 I think. Music. Yes. Right, if anybody has a musical instrument, a lute, a set of panpipes, or their own face... <laughs> I will dig out. I will dig out my um, tuning whiskers. <laughs> While you're all uh, waxing musical, uh, Mabel, mm. I'd like you to roll a d6, please. <laughs> do, 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 do. That is a four. Four. <laughs> that was a beautiful uh, song. Thank you. <laughs> yep, I'll I'll give you that. Uh, so because you swung down from the crow's nest, you're facing the back of the ship. And as you're all sitting there thinking, maybe this means this, maybe this means that, uh, you notice uh, some silhouettes on the horizon. I pull out my spyglass, my uh, golden larceny branded spyglass. <laughs> why is your spyglass bigger than mine? That's <laughs> not a spyglass. This is a spyglass. Hey. <laughs> so what you guys see as you look through your, your two spyglasses is you see that there are indeed two ships coming after you. And uh, you recognise them um, quite quickly as uh, the Velvet Son, the flagship of Didier Ducot, and uh, the Lead Belcher, Fusey Susie's ship. And they're sailing side by side. They appear to have uh, they appear to have formed a coalition. They appear to be gaining on you. 
boy. Yeah, I, I grab hold of the golden larceny branded bell <laughs> and my golden larceny branded uh, loudspeaker. <laughs> uh, <laughs> boy is going to um, turn to Tom, hold out a spoon and say, You must keep stirring the risotto. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but boy, there's there's danger. M- Mabel maybe may need my help. I can't think of risotto at a time like this. You want her to starve. <laughs> By God, boy, you're right. Turns and energetically continues to stir the risotto right. as and you suggest. And then suggested. boy is going to um, run up and out, yep. knowing that Tom is safe so downstairs. <laughs> Yep, Tom is uh, is absolutely Aww. convinced. I rolled as well. Yeah, Tom is oh, like, boy. boy told me to do this. I mustn't disappoint boy. Um, and is viciously and aggressively sterling the risotto. I, sh- I ship them. Um, so yeah, the the ship is um, in, in is running to battle stations. Divvy, divvy up, divvy up the cannons, three on each side. But yeah, yeah. The, what she said. What is happening? Everyone goes completely silent when Boy appears. Everyone <laughs> listens when Boy speaks. <laughs> Enemies to the rear, Boy. Enemies to the rear. Okay. Right. First, we're going to outrun them, and if that doesn't work, we're going to turn. Um, we're going to try and lure them into the dead man's fingers. I will stop them. Mm-hmm. What spells has Boy got ready? And he is going to cast Tangle Barrier. Oh, very nice. Where I've got it on my list somewhere. Give me a second. I've got it. Hold on. Area becomes covered in thick kelp. It takes humans ten minutes to cut through. Uh, I think you can cut through with cannon. But yeah, so what you've done, you can just free cast it, can't you? You don't need to roll. Nope. So, uh, boy goes to the back of the Golden Larceny as it is beating to quarters and everyone's preparing for a fight. Um, the two ships are gaining pretty fast. Um, the lead belcher is faster. That's Fusey Susie's ship. That is coming up pretty darn swiftly. However, boy, you reach out your hand and you create this kind of, this tangle of, of seaweed and kelp that kind of doesn't really rise out of the ocean, but sits on the ocean surface and it's going to entangle any hull that goes across it. It's very visible. Yes, it is 10 by 10 by 20 feet. Uh, it's actually double that because you realise Molly has stepped up beside you and has also cast um, Tangle Barrier. So Molly is, Molly, is Molly. augmenting your Tangle Barrier. So now it's now twice the size. Boy uh, looks at Molly with respect for the first time. Yeah. Uh, she kind of looks back and does like the same thing. She kind of nods at you as if to say, we have an understanding. Like, um, however, the so that's basically, that's forced Fusey Susie's ship to have to kind of to bank very, very hard to port, and it's going to have to go the long way around. However, slightly behind it, Didier Ducot's ship has seen it and is able to tack like to the other side, and so is gaining, coming up on your aft. <laughs> right, Mandagons, get everybody. Everybody who's not tied down and trying to make us go forward, get on those guns, man them. Can I hop up? Can I hop up in the rigging and try to get us going faster? Yar. Uh, yep, you can take a team of people up into the rigging and try and go faster. So uh, I would like to be a part of that team and note that I have uh, I, I have uh, gained myself like a, a musket or a rifle of some kind, and I'm going up into the crow's nest. Yep, you want to oh, yeah. go sniping? That's fine. So everybody is prepping for combat. Just uh, a quick explainer. So ship combat works pretty much the same as regular combat, but the ships have stats. Oh, so okay. what you would do Yay. is you would roll a, a d20, same as a normal fight. 
and you have to beat um, the AC of the attacking ship. Uh, and each cannon, you've got six cannons, each cannon does 1d6 of damage if it hits, and you can nominate to target either the hull of the enemy ship, which damages their HP, or you can target the rigging, which damages their speed. Didier Ducot's ship is pulling up alongside you. He's pulling up on the starboard side. That's the <gasps> right-hand side. Um, Thank you. Uh, <laughs> hands to the starboard! <laughs> um, did, did anyone nominate... Did you say, Persephone, you wanted to go on one of the guns? Yes! I would yes. like to go on the gun. I am a marine, it, so I feel skilled. Uh, and just the so you've kind of you've got your gun crews ready. They're all like baying for blood and yelling. Everyone's going yar. Um, and across on uh, on Duco's ship, everyone is going yar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so am I rolling sixty twenties? Sixty twenties, yes. Good Each God! Hit. Quick, sharpen my battle mandolin <laughs> and load the cabbages the- <laughs> into the guns. So I only hit twice. Unfortunately, out of the six, but two of those are twenties. If that means anything in this game, uh, I'll give you a plus two for it. <gasps> Yay! Yep, roll two d sixes, please, Persephone. That is a one and a six. Ooh, uh, so you do seven damage. Uh, however, it is now going to respond in kind. Um, How dare uh, it? Didier Duco is going. He's going to laugh off your 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 opening salvo. He's going. <laughs> uh, fires the cannons, <laughs> and he's going to everybody roll down just before. <laughs> Just before he fires the cannons, uh, Lollygag Lemuel is going to appear from below decks, yawning, and uh-huh. he's going to blink in surprise when he sees that he's at sea. He's going, Where the bloody hell am I? Miss <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Rogers. <laughs> two hits. Same as you. And he's done a grand total of seven damage. You're even Stevens. Uh, but first we'll go to the rigging where Mabel and Clothesline are. So you guys are up there with the snipers. What do you want to do? Uh, I would like to. I'd like to attempt to snipe an uh, an officer of some kind. Yep, there's a there's a, a, a cadre of flamboyantly dressed Frenchmen. Like nobody quite as flamboyantly dressed as Didier Ducot, but um, they are still they have lots of feathers in their hats and big eye boots. Ooh, uh, yeah, that's a natural nineteen. Oof! Blimey, yeah, that definitely hits. Roll damage, please. Seven altogether. Um, yeah, now. like the, one of the beautiful things about this game is the anyone who's not a named character has very low HP. So this hey, is what? great for. So uh, he goes oh and falls overboard. <laughs> <laughs> He's gone. Um, the sound of a deflating Frenchman. Mabel, what do you want to do? Um, is there anything I can do to make us go faster in like a reasonable way? So you get a couple of sprightly uh, young sailors who follow you up into the up into the rigging. So I rolled a one. Uh, okay, so what happens there is you say, uh, "Come on, my hearties, follow me." Come on, my hearties, follow me. <laughs> uh, they go to follow you just as Didier Duco opens his salvo, and three of your crew members immediately end up in the drink. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, get down! Sorry, I'll be quicker next time. Captain Clams, did you want to do anything? Right. At, the, uh, at the wheel. Oh, I want to try and bully them into the dead man's fingers, basically. Oh, I see what you wanted. You want to kind of like harass them and try and drive them onto the rocks. Yar. Uh, so- uh, roll, roll to sail aggressively. <laughs> <laughs> roll for dangerous driving. Roll to sail like an Audi driver. All in a little six-sided die. Oh, bugger, that's a two. Oh, dear. Uh, you try and harry them, but Didier Ducot just laughs at you. He's like, oh, you think you can drive me into the rocks? I'll drive you to the bottom of the ocean. Uh, boy, we're back at you. Right, I think the boy is going to look at this sigh a bit <laughs> and then turn and run back towards the centre of the ship. 
and he's mm-hmm. going to stand, um, turn one of his earrings, and then hold up mm-hmm. both hands, take a deep breath, and cast Control Winds. Uh, yes! 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 So the caster conjures up wind to propel the ship they are riding. And you um, you begin to pull ahead of Didier's ship. As you go, he's going to fire another round. But uh, Persephone, you go first. You can fire your, your, your reloaded. You can fire again. Yes! Fire sixes. peoples! Ah. <laughs> fire me, peoples! Oh, that was two no hits. So that was another... Two more hits. Roll two yes. d6s for me, please. Uh, five and a four. Ooh, nasty. Mm. So nine uh-huh. damage. Oof. Um, Matt like tears a couple of planks away, and the ship lurches to the side. And you've clear, you've like you've damaged it quite a lot with that salvo. Uh, Duco swears in French, and a couple of the gun crews back away. Uh, the ship's looking a bit ragged. It's pulling off to the side. There's a bit of smoke billowing out of it. It's still trying to chase you, but you've clearly you've you've dented it. However, on, uh, just as you manage to push him out of the way, uh, a cry goes... I don't know why I'm doing the French accent. It's the wrong ship, isn't it? <laughs> um, a cry goes up. Um, um, enemies, port side! And you look, and the, the lead belcher, Fusey Susie's ship, is pulling in. It's got round the kelp, and it's kind of tacked in. And it's coming at you head on, with its gun swiveled facing you. And it's going to get a salvo off. She has got three shots on you. She wasn't particularly accurate. Oh, thank goodness. She's just having fun. You bastards. Uh, and of that... Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's double one. Uh, hey. oh, well, she's done a grand total of four damage to you. Oh, that's good to know. Um, it is a bit. Right. Uh, then up on the rigging, what are you guys doing? So Duco is... He's still very much within range, but he's, his ship looks a bit damaged, but you've also got the lead belcher coming in from your port side. What do you want to do? Mabel, Mabel, Swap! And uh, I'd like to throw you, uh, throw you my empty musket in exchange for your loaded musket. Okay, we swap. Cool, fantastic, and nice. Uh, Does that mean I have to load your musket instead of doing something? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I hand it to one of the other crew members. Load this. Uh, I hand it to uh, one of my, one of my people. Load. Uh, oh, <laughs> it just gets passed down the line. Load this. Load this. Load this. Load, 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 load. Load. With boy loading it, just silent. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what was what was what was the what was Henry Tudor's ship that capsized? Mary Rose. Mary Rose. I'd like to try and get a Mary that Rose because if they're overloaded with guns, I'd like to get a trick shot such that the ship like banks All right. abruptly. Yeah, I, 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 I've got, I've got just the thing. Oh, so what you notice as you're because you're a rogue, you notice the straightway. Yes, indeed, the ship is massively overloaded. It does not look like the most stable ship in these waters. And what they have on the, on the port side of their ship. They've got like you know those hanging barrels like there's like a load of barrels being lowered, uh, which presumably are full of like supplies. Uh, if you could shoot the rope out from that, a load of barrels would fall on the starboard side and it would rock the ship to the starboard Fantastic. side. Fantastic! I would like to attempt that, please. Oh, fat lot of good that did me. That was a free. Um, it's a nice idea, but the bullet goes wide. But that those barrels are still there. Like, you know, anyone else is welcome to try that tactic. Mabel, the barrels. You've got my gun, you cretin. What <laughs> 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 lot of good that did me. Uh, um, but presumably by this time she's been handed a reloaded gun. Yeah, um, one of them gives gives you a rifle. Yeah. She puts her, her gun on, uh, on clotheslines beard. 
It's an 11, so 13. <sighs> Again, you get closer, but still not good enough. Boy, we're back to you, boy. All right. Boy sees what they're doing. Sighs. Runs over to the side and he holds out his arm as though he has a gun in his hand. Finger out, (gasps) thumb up, bang. (laughs) (laughs) And casts magic missile at the barrel. Yeah, buddy. So, what you do is you fire the magic missile at the barrels. And what this does is effectively has the effect of a, a mighty sturdy push. Uh, pushing the barrels to port uh, so they start to swing and with them the boat also begins to swing like just a little not enough to capsize it but you're like you've you've created pendulum force on the boat and it is certainly it's getting a bit hairy on board the lead belcher mabel like bungee bungees down on a rope and goes aim for the rope and then bungees <laughs> back up again <laughs> he aims for the mm. rope <laughs> the second bolt go for it and that's a six Oh, I mean, all right. Seven okay, points of damage. Uh, yeah, so this is, a, this is a sturdy rope, but it begins to come untwined, and it's kind of twang, twang, twang. And then um, as everybody watches, um, Lollygaggy Mule is standing le- beside you, boy, with his mouth like virtually on the deck. He's just absolutely <laughs> open-mouthed. Like, um, so the barrels, uh, the rope snaps, the barrels fall onto the deck, and they massively rock the lead belcher over to its port side. Uh, and as that happens, all the cannons on the starboard side roll to the port <laughs> side. <laughs> yeah. Gotta secure your And uh, the boat, like, is, is capsizing. Uh, Fusey Susie herself is still marching up and down saying, Where are you going, you cowards? Get back here at once! <laughs> you bloody weeds! Um, but the, the, the ship is not long for the waters it is going over all of her prize cannons are sinking to the bottom of the drink you have taken out Aww. the lead belcher Boy turns to Lollygag and says, Risotto for dinner. <laughs> and then heads back on the, down to the gas. As, as you walk away, he's like, Could you, excuse me, can you just tell me where I am, please? Uh, <laughs> Bloody hell. You get hell. handed a golden larceny branded. How much did I, I drink I last night? Bloody hell. <laughs> Have I been press ganged? Is that what's happening? <laughs> Not quite. She bungee jumps down again. Right, Captain Clams. <laughs> I'll whip out one of my pistols as I'm going past, as I'm going past, and I'm gonna look Didier straight in the eye, and I'm gonna try and really startle him by shooting him. <laughs> this is, <laughs> but this is this very is, well. This is with a dead eye shot. Damage is three d six plus four if you hit. Ooh, oh, Thirteen <laughs> points of Ooh, damage. Oh. <laughs> oh my god! How much has he got left? Less. Uh, he's okay. But you have uh, you have shot Didier Duco, uh, and it, the bullet has kind of hit him in the upper shoulder, and he has gone down with a very dramatic whoa. Um, and as he's done that, he's spun the wheel of his ship, uh, which then runs smack bang aground. Uh, the bottom of it is clawed out by one of the dead men's fingers, and the ship just goes over. It goes in like it's it's gone. I, I want Mabel to do something 
ridiculously heroic. He is on the deck of the sinking ship and he is like, oh, my arm, I want him my to be arm. close enough that Mabel can see this and grab hold of one of her, her beloved ropes and Tarzan swing down and grab him and Tarzan swing back up to the ship with him. Roll me a dice. I got a four. So you swing <laughs> over just as like the ship is breaking in two. Uh, on these dashed rocks, you sweep in, you grab him by the scruff of the coat, and you carry him back onto the deck of the uh, of the golden larceny. We la- we land and sort of roll and roll and roll and roll. We <laughs> land with him on top of me. Boy is going <laughs> to look at Mabel and say, "He shouldn't stay." And I'm going to put my hand on his arm and cast Cure Light Wounds. <laughs> <laughs> Boy's back must be hurting from carrying the whole ship. Boy is the most useful person on this ship. Roll me a d6. That is a five plus one six. So yeah, you heal him by six points. Make this Frenchman fall into the sea. Quick two. Oh, Capitaine Clams, please wait, wait. Now and I oh your your beautiful most auspicious first meteor a laugh debt. I cannot leave. <laughs> Are sad until I have repaid this debt. Do not... say, we are still like lying on the floor with. with yeah, he's not stood up. Him. He's just like gesturing <laughs> with his hand. He's like, Capitaine, please, you would not, you would not do a Frenchman the disservice of depriving him of his honor. It is the 16th century, and I am British. Throw him overboard. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, but Can Capitaine, I, Captain. please, <laughs> this is true love. He <laughs> will upset Tom. Oh. Well, Tom's, Tom stowed away and you allowed him. At least Monsieur Ducot was invited upon the ship. Right, let's be democratic about this. By the way, whenever I go into the Captain Clown's voice, I have to put my hands on my hips. <laughs> I don't know. Every time I do it, I put my fists on my hips. Anywho. Alright, then lock him up in the hold. Uh, lock, him, lock him up in the hold. I don't want him on my ship. I don't like him. And if he moves right clothesline, watch him as closely as possible. And if you see him talking to any of the crew or generally being a nuisance, shoot him in the face. Whilst you are uh, debating on the fate of Didier Ducot, you hear the unmistakable sound of a cannon shot from behind you. Oh, bugger. Uh, and you see uh, a cannonball fly. Uh, it doesn't hit you, but it skips off the water to your uh, starboard bow. Uh, and you turn back and you see that there is another ship, uh, a much bigger ship. Quick, all steam ahead. That hasn't been invented yet. Wind in the sails. <laughs> all wind ahead. Yeah, so uh, as you're all prepping, Duco is, is gone below deck. Um, Tom is still desperately making this risotto. He's unaware that much has happened. It's going to be a good risotto. However, um, Molly steps up to, to give you her opinion, but as she does... Still holding the uh, the box full of bits and bobs of all the letters and the riddles, you notice a shape in the sky, um, oh. a little kind of black dot that gets larger and larger that sweeps towards her, and then you suddenly realise it's a parrot, and this parrot is going for the box. Oh. And before your eyes, this parrot sweeps down and locks its claws into the box of riddles and tries to have off with it, but Molly's <gasps> clinging onto it. Try and hit the parrot. <laughs> Cutlass! <laughs> you have been yep. practising. I have been practising skewering vegetables. This will go Attempt nicely. Attempt to skewer the parrot. <laughs> so, that's a 9 plus 3. That's a 12. Um, yep, so you don't, like, fully damage... You don't really hit the parrot, but you manage to kind you of slice it. it and it backs away. 
may I interject at this point with a thrown dagger? Yes, you may. Ooh. Throw the dagger. Actually skewer the parrot. Yeah, with a natural <laughs> 17. Yeah, so what you do is you pin it to... Uh, by the wing. Who's a pretty folly now? <laughs> <laughs> Lollygag Lemule has turned white as a sheet at sight of this parrot. Oh. Whose parrot is it, Lollygag? He says, I know that parrot. That be the parrot of... Of the dread Captain Ursus. Oh, God. <laughs> As you approach the parrot, uh, the parrot begins to laugh. Uh-oh. You stand no chance. You cannot possibly get Captain Murdoch's treasure. It belongs to us by rights. It is our treasure. I will unceremoniously put it in a sack. <laughs> no! Let go of me, you bearded buffoon! No! No! Captain, uh, Captain Clams, roll a dice, please. Roll a d6 for me. I have rolled Not a dice. four. Uh, you recall uh, that uh, Molly told you, uh, as part of the legend, uh, when Captain Ur- when Captain Murdoch uh, had finished hiding his treasure on the island, he had his crew turned into animals so they could never spread the word. Oh, so he might be... F- oh, so they... Oh my god, is Captain Ursus an actual bear? Oh but- my god! I thought he might be bear-like, but I'm delighted with the fact that he might actually be a bear. So pull, pull out your spyglass, Captain Clams. I for will this, indeed. This big old ship that's following you. I will pull out my spyglass. Yar. So you see uh, the shock horror. It's a big... Um, it's not a galleon, but it's a large pirate ship. It's got uh, the Jolly Roger flying, big kind of grey-black sails. It looks very menacing and much more serious compared to all the other pirate ships you've seen. And hanging off the rigging and rattling cutlasses on board ship, you can see uh, lots of different animals. Yes. Uh, there are a couple of cheerful-looking lizards and, and also <laughs> gazelles and crocodiles. Monkeys? Uh, monkeys. There's, like, there's a little tarantula in the crow's nest that waves at you. Uh, however, as they, they all part ways uh, for their captain. And you're expecting Captain <laughs> Ursus. To be a large man, uh, given his reputation. But for a minute, you don't see anything until a diminutive figure <gasps> climbs up onto the um, the bow of the <gasps> ship, and it is bear. it is a sun bear. Yes. yes. Wait. And he yells. He yells at you. He yes, yells at is. you from across the sea. He's like, "That treasure belongs to me." <laughs> I am Captain Gordon Ursus, and I am here to take my treasure. (laughs) Get to the mark, full ahead, both. Drop drop those sails as quick as possibly. We are currently being chased by Noah's Ark with teeth. (laughs) (laughs) Tell you what it is. It's Noah's Ark. Ark. Noah's Ark. Close light, get down, and keep looking at that prisoner. No time for making... (laughs) Um, but yeah so you can quite smoothly outrun the ship they're going to be following you they should have no trouble but you continue to sail on through the through the day and as sunset arrives you see something off the uh, the starboard bow you see a tiny rocky little island when i say tiny i mean round about the size of uh treasure island Uh, a couple of miles either way it's got like a little mountain in the middle um, and it seems to be covered in jungle, and Molly tells you that this is indeed Splinterbone Island. Right, first sign of danger, we must 
sing. Or just generally start singing now to sort of cover all bases. Amazing grace. <laughs> so what happens here is you are some of you are singing to yourselves, but the ship is moving through the waters towards the island. You see no activity on the island itself. I would actually yeah. like to go into the water. Okay. Um, go splishy splashy boy. <laughs> before you go... Um, Molly's going to stop you, oh, and she's going to say, um, boy. "Boy, be careful." I. <laughs> oh, you're done. Sorry. Right. Yeah. <laughs> 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 this, this happens quite a lot. <laughs> you notice as you are about to hop into the water, boy, that Tom, who's on deck serving um, some light snacks. Um, he's got like a, a tray of canapes that he's made out of Siemens biscuits. Uh, as he's doing that, uh, you notice uh, he's watching you as you're hopping, um, hopping overboard. Um, Boy gives him like he, a shy little smile before he goes. And he he, he kind of smiles back as if to be like, "Good, be careful. Good luck. Good luck, boy." <laughs> and then uh, overboard you go. Yeah. Um, the water is not particularly clear, but it is clearly very deep. Um, you can swim alongside the ship and you can keep on watch. Yeah, I want to basically keep watch for anything in the water because I feel yep. like that's a good option. Uh, boy, please roll for me. That's a three. Um, you Ooh. think you can hear something. <gasps> it's very, 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 very low and very, very long, but it sounds a kind of like whale song, but Somehow deeper and more angry. It's a cracking oh, tune. Cracking, 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 Hang on, did somebody just say cracking tune? Yep. <laughs> oh, cracking <laughs> tune. Boy is going to uh, sing back. Ooh. There's silence for a moment, and then you hear a kind of kind of thing coming from deep below you, and you think you can see. Something massive moving in the water beneath you. Boy is going to swim towards it, still singing. Oh boy! Oh boy! Okay, (laughs) you you swim towards it, still singing. It then opens to reveal that it is an eye, and this eye is huge. This time you hear again music come back. It doesn't sound as angry. It kind of goes. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> uh, and the eye begins to blink a few times. I blink and then back. Look- <laughs> <laughs> this is Helen living with cats. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make any sudden movements. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, back on deck, um, so six tentacles gla- gradually slither their way up, three on either side of the ship. Uh, and for a minute they look menacing but then they begin to sway in time with the music Um, beneath the water boy as you continue to sing that big eye begins to grow sleepy and heavy Uh, and you hear this kind of very relaxed like and the the kraken like makes a kind of cooing noise like a big big baby Boy moves around so it's not directly on the eye and gives it a hug as best he can. 
You, after a couple of seconds, boy, you you become aware of like a very light feeling on your back, and you you crane your head around to notice that the very very tip of one of the tentacles is like is trying is doing its best to hug you back despite the fact that it's massive. It is like trying it's just patting you on the back gently, and then it makes one final kind of little noise, and then it falls asleep. <laughs> you, oh, a sleepy kraken, baby! Adorable kraken. You solved the riddle. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes, all you needed to do was sing it a lullaby. But uh, yes, you have arrived at Splinterbone Island. So you sail around the other side of the island, almost exactly on the other side to where you started. You find yourselves uh, at a much kind of... It feels to be a natural bay there. Um, And as you draw up to it, you think you can see what look like some little wooden huts uh, on the beach. I pull out my spyglass. Someone's got a timeshare <laughs> in this region. Uh, roll, roll. Uh, how very pleasant. Uh, roll a dice for me, Mabel. Four. Four. Cat. Uh, for a moment, you don't see anything. Um, and Four. then, coming out uh, from inside one of the um, one of the houses is an iguana. And <gasps> for a minute, you think it's just like hanging out. But then it, uh, this iguana pulls up a little deck chair and a book and uh, sits on the deck chair and begins reading and applies its reading glasses. <laughs> yes. Captain. Some more of the crew. <laughs> there appear to be members of the crew of the Shock Horror on the uh, Well, on the well, they have stayed, oh. well, they have stayed behind so they clearly had a disagreement with their old captain. Sounds good. I would like to uh, at some point swim up to the beach. Yeah, I think while everyone else is um, dropping anchor and uh, setting up, you can swim up to the beach. So you arrive at the beach and you can, there is no, as as we just described, you see a little normal sized iguana sitting on a deck chair, reading a book with reading glasses. He doesn't appear to have noticed you. Excuse me. What? What? <laughs> Um, he, he looks up from his book and then kind of looks at you, takes off his reading glasses, puts his reading glasses back on, takes them off again. He's like, by, by Jove, or a mere person, I must say. I, I didn't know you chaps swam these waters. That's, that's remarkable. I've... Oh, look, there's a boat behind you as well. Good God. <laughs> Hello. What are you doing here then? We don't get many visitors. And you're like, Hello. Um, he's gonna. He's gonna. Oh, how rude of me! Sorry. Uh, shuts his book and he's gonna hop off of the um, the deck chair and he's gonna scurry up to you, boy. He's like, "Hello, I'm Bertrand. What's your name?" Good name, boy. Boy, that's a funny name. I suppose. I suppose for you ocean chaps, it might not be such a funny name, but for somebody like me, it's a very funny name. Yes. What? What? What do you do? You must have come on the boat. Yes. Yes. And um, and if you don't mind me asking, I mean, I am the I am the watchman. Why are you here? <laughs> because my captain was talking to a woman called Molly, whose grandparent 
was a merfolk who cast a spell to hide this island. And there's something about treasure, but also because I met a nice squid. Oh, you, you met Stuffy, <laughs> did you? He's a lovely old squid, isn't he? Yes. Uh, now, anyway, um, Aww, used, used to be in the crow's nest, don't you know? He's put on a bit of weight since then, though. <gasps> oh, no! Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, no! Anyway, yeah, you... Uh, so, you... You are... You are... Um, yes, the the old the old witch sent you, then, didn't she? That's... Oh, that's a long time ago since we saw her. That must be... Oh, I, I, didn't, I don't really have a calendar handy. It was a long time ago, though. That's for sure. Yeah, I, I used to be a man then. What was your name again? <laughs> boy. That's right, boy. Yes. Uh, well, um, I suppose you should come ashore and get comfortable. I mean, I don't... I don't suppose you brought the old sorcerers with you, did you? No... Her grandchild. I, I'd ra- me and my, my, my crew here would really like to not be animals anymore. Not to put too fine a point on it. It's it's a little bit inconvenient. And if and if if your if your friend had some way of, of, of lifting the curse, that would be that would be very very nice, very good. I will ask. Oh, thank you, boy. Would would you would you like tea? Can I make you tea? I will oh, be right back. Mr. Bertram. Yes? I must warn you. What about? We are being pursued. Oh? By Gordon Ursus. Uh, he shrieks in horror and <laughs> runs back into his, his shed. So it might not be the best time for tea. <laughs> he is I didn't want him to come back to the island. We banished him for a reason. What reason? He was a tyrant. There's no, there's no talking to him, you understand. He thinks he's king of the island. He thinks... He thinks all of this magic belongs to him. He wants to take control of all of this, all of this magic, and use it for evil. My captain can stop him. Do you really think so? We are surprisingly competent <laughs> at times. Flash to Captain Clams. <laughs> <laughs> drop anchor. Yep. So, drop drop anchor. And I yeah, I don't like leaving the Frenchman here, so we're not going to bring the Frenchman with us. I was going to say on the ship we are having a huge argument about whether, whether or, not or not to bring Didier can come with us. And like it continues when we're all on the boat with him on the boat. Right, with he's us. coming with us. He's coming <laughs> with us. I don't like it, but personally, I want him. I, I want to tie him to a mast, tie him to several masts, and then I don't know. Tell ships to go in opposite direction. What about Tom? 
I can tie. I don't think tying him to Tom will do anything good. <laughs> Tom is pretty keen to come with you. Yar. Tom is very keen to come. He's towed away in another barrel. <laughs> <laughs> he might just do that if you didn't take him with you. Well, so Mabel is sat in this boat between Tom and Didier. Didier is yep. still in the barrel, <laughs> waving a white flag at the inhabitants of the island. Since the moment boy uh, waves Tom back. Has set eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so what basically happens then is you and your motley gang of rogues, you dock the golden larceny, um, or you you drop anchor, you come ashore. Need someone responsible where, in charge. Boy, yeah, um, Baines, the um, the butler is. You've been left him in charge. He runs a tight ship, uh, and you guys arrive on the beach where Bertrand is waiting for you, looking uh, very worried and anxious. Um, and as you guys arrive, also a couple more animals, definitely more than three, uh, come out of the forest. There are again all sorts of different animals. There are birds. There are like there's cows, and uh, there's there's a there's a cheerful looking um, little crocodile, and all sorts of different things coming Aww. out. And clearly, clearly Bertrand is like the village elder. Like clearly, they're kind of deferring to him a little bit, and so they're all gathered round. I think. Boy has sat down next to Bertram so that he isn't, you know, mm-hmm. tall mer person. Um, mm-hmm. And when he comes board, he looks at Molly and says, Did you know the treasure is cursed and turns people into animals? Um, Molly says, um, That's not what my grandmother told me exactly. She said that all the cursing and the power comes from the ruby. The ruby is where all the power comes from, at the centre of the treasure trove. Everything else is just gold. But the ruby, at the centre of it, Murdoch's most valuable possession, that has all the power, and he was the one who laid the curse on it. My grandmother would never do such a thing. you fix it? I don't know. We'll have to get to the treasure room and find out. He turns to Bertram and says, I asked. <laughs> <laughs> in, in the background, Tom and Didier are arguing over which one of them is going to carry Mabel from the boat to shore so she doesn't get her feet wet. And in the interim, she's <laughs> They've just both laid the their water. jackets in the sand and are now arguing. She is, she's just calmly wading through the water while they're in the boat bickering. <laughs> My jacket is bigger and more buoyant than yours. Debate, <laughs> Monsieur Ducour, I've already reached the sand. In, in a moment, my love. Now listen here, Tom. <laughs> Monsieur Ducour. I am trying I'm to explain on, I'm to on you. land. I'm putting my shoes back on. <laughs> Mabel, please. I'm trying to explain to this man how I should put my jacket down so you can get off the but Wait a moment. <laughs> <laughs> and also, we've accidentally kidnapped a person. In the form of a parrot that we stuffed in a bag. So, yeah, you are now on the beach. You have, you indeed have uh, Squawk the parrot, who it's was... It's really fortunate um, that when he was a human, his name was Squawk, and then he was turned into <laughs> a parrot. So he is now, what uh, what Tom has done, has basically tied him up with a load of rope, so now he can't fly away, because he's basically just a rope with a head poking out the top. <laughs> and he's, uh, he's just yelling expletives at anyone that, uh, that goes near him. But he's now, uh, you've brought him ashore. He's in a little tent if you wanted to interrogate him. Uh, Bertrand and all of the other animals have made you some food. So you're all nice and refreshed. 
And you have with you Molly and all of the riddles that you will need. I'd like to have a conversation with Bertrand. Oh, yes. Hello. Hello. Yes. Right. I need to ask you a couple of questions about uh, the bolt that is currently <laughs> currently pursuing us, manned by a crazy bear. My first question My first question being, how many crew does he have? I think he's got about maybe 50 men. <laughs> and women and those of... And all of his friends. <laughs> we're, we're a very welcoming <laughs> crew. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, does he know of the location of the treasure, or does he only... Did I'm assuming Captain Murdoch kept that a very close secret. Ah, yes, yes. I mean, the island itself is hard enough to find. It, it sends compasses all haywire and old and, and wibbly-wobbly. Uh, without without uh, mermaid magic, I'm sure you never would have found your way here. Right. He's never bothered us before. He must be following you. Uh, okay. But I, I myself have no idea where the treasure is on the island... Uh, I, I assume I assume he buried it somewhere inland, but I don't know. See, we've looked around, but we've never found it. Persephone, I'd like you to write this down in large letters, right at the bottom of the minutes. Oh bugger! And then <laughs> <laughs> I think this is enough animal questions. I wish to head into the jungle in a reckless manner. I mm-hmm. strangely enough, I am with Persephone on this one, and thereby she well, is going you, up Captain. my ratings of people I should prefer promote to first mate. <laughs> I, I, do, I do think we should perhaps question the parrot. So what I'm going to do is, um, yeah, I'm going to uh, toss the parrot up in the air and then start swinging around like a bucket on the end of a chain. Oh, my God. <laughs> He's be like, you can never make me talk. You'll never take me alive. <laughs> and then as you start swinging him around, he's like, ah, stop that. Stop that. <laughs> Put me down! I'm getting all dizzy! Uh, in which case, I will hold up the uh, parrot who now has comedy stars spinning around their head, and I'm yep. going to go, um, I'm going to hold up, well, that was me being the bad inland revenue. Who's the good inland revenue? Well, oh, what's an inland revenue? <laughs> oh, it's the tax man, Mr. Squawk. Right, the tax man! We right. don't like taxes, no! He'll come for you. I'm sure you haven't I'm, been I'm paying your taxes. I'm just doing Terry Jones. I don't know why I'm going to make the parrot Terry Jones. I'm sure, Carry Mrs. Quark, that you and your captain haven't been paying taxes properly for a very long time. So I'm sure that if oh, we God. let the tax man know, about your, know of your whereabouts, he would be very interested. You can tell the tax man about all of our treasure. Yeah, and then they'll come. Captain Clams keeps <laughs> our accounts in excellent order. I do. I keep them with little lists with numbers next to them, and sometimes they even make sense. <laughs> Jungle? <laughs> Scimitar's out, slashing vines. Persephone, we're talking to the parrot. Can, can we? Can we walk? Can we? Can we walk and interrogate? Yeah, Tom's like, I can carry the parrot. I would love to be of help. <laughs> uh, so just Molly at this point reminds you um, before you head into the jungle of the next riddle that she has from her grandmother's oh, letters yes. that tells you, uh, hopefully, uh, where to find the treasure, and it goes like this. <gasps> Uh, the treasure you seek has a giant furry guard. He runs with no legs. He flows with no heart. He spits with no lips. He steams with no flame. And he roars, but his mouth is a mile away. Waterfall. Uh, yes, I think our... Um... Or a river. <laughs> waterfall. Or a river, I think. Wa- waterfall. Our... Waterfall. Yes. River. Or a very talented gentleman. <laughs> well, I'm, he I'm sure. He spits with no lips. So... That's... Obscene, Captain. <laughs> so we must, <laughs> we must. Obscene. Well, if you had no lips, you would be spitting all the time. I think we must More be drooling, looking for the river and then follow it upstream. Is there a river nearby? Well, yes, actually. Uh, well, and so Bertrand points like yeah, up, up the beach, and you can see there is indeed a uh, a river that seems to flow out into the sea. Oh, I you think can you'll follow find that inland up towards the mountain. The sea. About a mile or so, I should reckon. 
Oh, and it's like a mouth of a... Oh, I get this. I like this riddling job. So before they head off, um, Boy's going to turn to uh, Bertram um, yes. and say, um, If Captain Gordon and his crew come, please stay safe. Aww. That's very kind of you, boy. Yes. Don't worry. We have we have places in the jungle where we can hide. All, can all I... I ask is that if you find the sacred ruby in the treasure, we would very much like to not be animals anymore. <laughs> and perhaps we could ride on your ship home. Do we have like some fl- mm. some flares or something? I will just silently hand Bertrand a firecracker. Oh, Thank the you. firecrackers! Oh, well remembered. Yeah. I have one. Clothesline, you are excellent. Was that in your beard? Uh, yes. Yep, so Bertrand is going to set a watch on the beach, and at, if they sight the uh, the shock horror, they'll uh, they'll send up the flare, the um, the firecracker, so look out for that. But uh, yeah, he salutes, and you may now leave into the forest and follow the river, which doesn't have a name, but there you go. That's Desert Islands for you. We <laughs> shall call it Fred. The Red River Keith. Fred. So the you follow Fred. the River Fred. The race is on to get to the hidden treasure. Find out if we emerge victorious in next week's concluding episode of Yar. But until then, thank you for listening to Diacast. If you'd like to keep up to date with episodes and announcements, you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Diacast and on Instagram at DiacastPod. And subscribe to us on your favourite podcatcher. And hey, if you enjoyed listening to us, maybe consider giving us a rating or review, or sharing us with a friend. We'd really love that. Diacast is Lukey Slynn, Matt George Lovett, Jacob War, Helen, Peter Wellman, and H. Folkmans. Our logo and banner art are by H. Folkmans. The Diacast theme was composed and performed by Matt George Lovett, who also edited this episode. The Golden Larceny Sea Shanty was composed by H. Folkmans, with lyrics by H. Folkmans, Lukey Slynn, and Helen. Instrumentation was performed by Matt George Lovett, and vocals were performed by the Diacast. This week, we were playing Yar by Bill DeFranza, links to which can be found in the episode description. And at least for this week, that's how the Dyer cast. <laughs> <laughs>